A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Steve from the Supercoach Playbook. Uh, you can find him at Twitter, at SupercoachSteve, one of my good mates in my draft competition. We're going to review his de- team today. Stevie, what's going on, mate? Hey, mate. Good to be back. It's been a while, just quietly. It has been a while. You've changed your little prep routine. You give yourself a bit of a countdown. Yeah, I did one, a little two, handstand like a there before as well. It's all part of the routine. Welcome to the show. Uh, Didn't know if I should have kicked off with the drums when you hit four. <laughs> now, mate, obviously this weekend, uh, pretty tough pill to swallow for yourself. Knocked out of our draft competition, which is uh, embarrassingly serious, obviously. Uh, a bit of uh, staring at the ceiling this weekend. Uh, it's been a dark cave of depression in my life at the moment. We're in lockdown at the moment, and I'm so glad I don't see any of my friends at the moment, but I've been copying the texts left, right, and center. Um, it's been a dark, dark place. And, of course, mate, this weekend you did have a tough gig. You came up against Tom Trevojevic, and uh, the guy in our comp that has turbo, he's obviously looking like a red-hot favorite. We obviously, we obviously play in a captain's league, so... Uh, I mean, fucking, it's going to take some sort of train wreck to Tom Trevojevic to stop him, essentially. And, mate, last night we thought we had it. We got so fucking close to that prick being ruled out. And then 24 hours later, nah, it's sweet. He's still going to win the comp. It's fucked. It's it's been such a rollercoaster that... All of a sudden, the comp was blown wide open. I think everyone in the draft leagues around the place will be thinking, oh, geez, anyone can win this. But um, I'm so glad I wasn't as vocal as I wanted to be last night. I am so glad. What did you want to say? I just wanted to fucking say everything and just give it to him. And now he's back. And it's just (laughs) The bloke that holds it. Just so shit. It's so shit. Tommy Burns, if you're listening, I'm fucking filthy. I'm (laughs) beside myself. And I know you are too. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I was actually feeling like, oh, I'm probably lost to the bloke that's going to win it. So I was actually, as much as I say, I was devastated to be knocked out. I thought, you know, you're going to lose to Tommy Turbo. That's going to be everyone this this season. So, um, and then as soon as he got ruled out, I was like, oh, shit, if this could have happened like a week before. Like I said, it's anyone, it could have been anyone's game. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do rest him. Um, it sounds like it's not going to happen, but man it makes everyone pretty excited i reckon if they're thinking oh will they rest him i reckon everyone that doesn't have turbo is thinking i'm a chance i'm a chance a boy can dream yes that's right uh, it's the only thing keeping my hopes alive it's fucked anyway <laughs> mate uh let's dive into your uh super coach team and obviously uh, God, we... i can't believe you dragged me out of 
for this. Yeah, no, no, I really do appreciate it. I know it's a tough time. I've been there. It fucking sucks. Um, yeah. Mate, obviously, we, we go down the South Coast for our draft. We have challenges on that day, which then set the draft order. And, I mean, you're probably the best that weekend I, of the year. Best weekend Christmas. of the year, by far away, yeah. and it ain't close. Yeah. Um, you're obviously the guy that I talk to probably most about our Supercoach draft and during the off-season we just chew each other's ears off constantly and we spent so much fucking time planning where we hope we get, where we hope we land on draft day and it turned out that you won the challenges, I came second. So we ended up having the pick of the litter regardless. We wasted so much time in the preseason getting ourselves ready for that and, I mean, we were saying earlier, it's just, it seems like a world away where you got picked number one and it was Teddy or no one. There was no conversation. There was nothing. If someone said Nathan Cleary, you laughed at them. It was James Tedesco. If someone said Tom Travojevic, you didn't even respond to them. I remember people saying, like, he's going to goal kick. You can't play captains. He's going to ruin draft. I just remember people saying Teddy's going to ruin draft. And and like you said, we we put some hours and hours into the hypothetical situations and um, couldn't believe that we got one and two. Oh, unbelievable. And you obviously went pick one overall. You went James Tedesco. I went a slightly different route. I, I wish I would have gone Cleary, but anyway. Um, I went with pick, I think I was six. So I decided that I would cop either Munster, Pappy, uh, sorry, Munster, uh, Walker, or who's the other man I'm thinking of? Munster, Pappy, pa- Munster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up getting Cody Walker, which I've been happy with. He's done well. Uh, but yourself sitting there with Teddy, I mean, is that the easiest draft selection you've ever made or what? Well, like you said, we put a lot, a lot of hours into the hypotheticals and I'd like thought about, you know, ideally what position I'd want. And I never thought I'd get the first pick, but oh, yeah, I just decided I've never been, I've never had first pick. I decided Teddy's got to be the sure thing. Just not, don't think about it. Um, and it's funny, like you say, the Cleary thing that like you look back at it, you know, oh, hindsight's a favorable thing, but you know, remember what is it? Eight months ago, we were thinking Ken Penrith do it again. We were all wondering if Cleary is going to be able to back it up. We thought that last year might be a bit of an anomaly, but yeah, yeah. No, in now, hindsight, it's an easy one, but there were so many question marks around so many of these guys before a ball was kicked. Yeah, yeah, and you know the you know the guy that we were talking about, no one wanted a bar of him in the top seven picks. Turbo was like way down the league. I, I've heard about leagues get like you know he slipped the third round and stuff. Yeah, batshit crazy. Yeah. Now, mate, obviously you had pick number one and we're in a 14-man league, so it went from pick one down to 14. It came back up. You had pick 28, and this is where, in my opinion, you and me, we completely shit the bed this year. Completely fucking <laughs> shit time. the bed. Big and time. You know what? At least to your credit, you don't have a fucking podcast where you sit and tell everyone three times a week, don't draft forwards early. Go for the ceiling players. We spoke about it all season. It was just a common oh. sense decision. We laugh at people when they we do laugh, it every yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, every year, every year. And then, uh, you know, the sheep, we just jumped in one straight line. You went Jake Travojevic round two, which, uh, to be honest with you, I went a front row forward who I thought was going to goal kick at the Roosters. We both went Roosters. We thought we were going to fucking goal kick early. Neither did. Uh, you went Jake Travojevic in the second round, pick 28. What was your thought process here, mate? Yeah, just remember, like, we play snakes. So I got picks. I got pick one, and then we came back down, and I get two picks in a row. So, um Jakey, I was so excited by Teddy. I was just like, he will just carry my season. And then everything flew out the window. I was like, okay, just pick safe, guys. Just pick safe, guys. And hasn't that, like, really been the worst philosophy this season? Oh, it has been. But, I mean, geez, it's very interesting. And I, I know it's all ifs and buts. But if the Roosters are sitting there with a full squad, I mean, you look at where they are now with 
fucking half a reserve grade team. They've got about 10,000 games that they've retired this year, plus all the other guys they're missing off the back of three seasons of grand final, grand final, getting all the way into the finals again. I mean, it's taken a lot out of the tank. And, I mean, where are they? Fourth? I mean, if they had their full side and Teddy had his, I mean, it could be absolutely anything. But it's obviously not the way that it did play out. But, I mean, when you look back on that draft day, going safe, safe, pick two and three. As much as we said it's not the way to go, I don't think either of us assumed that we would be pick number one and we would have James Tedesco. So I don't hate it, but obviously pick three is probably where it gets a little bit worse. And I made this mistake myself as well. (laughs) Uh, Junior Paulo, uh, you had him pick 29, which was pick three overall. Obviously your second of your back-to-back picks. Tell me about Junior Paulo. I was so excited by Paulo. And like SST had just gone. Um, and that was you took him, luckily. But I was so excited because he did that boxing match and he looked bloody fit. And um, I bought into the hype. He was training the house down. I got all around it. And, you know, first two rounds, he went 190 or something like that. I was like, yep, yeah, I've justified my decision. This guy's going to be a beast all year. Um, and then it just fell off a cliff. Yeah, I, and to be honest with you, I because I don't have him in classic, I obviously don't have him in draft, I really didn't realize how disappointing he had been until you told me halfway through the year you, you told me that you, you were going to drop him and I sort of went what the fuck are you talking about you can't drop Junior Paulo then you said go look at his scores and geez it really was depressing wasn't it it was ridiculous especially like like I said he started the year at House on Fire last year he's averaged five what is he averaging this year he's down in the low 50s um, my waiver wire prop is averaging higher than him like Brad Arthur is just doing crazy crazy shit for those minutes and um, the best he can do is probably like 50s at the moment. And completely out of context, all, all of my listeners won't get it. But actually thinking back to that, you couldn't have dropped him anyway. It was in your first four picks. Oh, God, let's not talk about this rule. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to year. leave it. But I can't believe we didn't even think about that when we had this argument nah, three months yeah. ago. Nah, even if I wanted to, um, yeah. yeah, I couldn't drop him. But I forgot all about that rule until... Um, my fourth pick got injured, and then I realized it was a rule. Fuck, would have been unreal. Anyway, let's go to your fourth pick. Uh, you got this yeah. guy at number 56, and for me, I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of the Junior Paulo pick. I absolutely loved this one. I was very, very jealous of this pick. Uh, a lot of people are hesitant to, to sort of go center wings uh, early. Well, they were at the start of this year. I reckon there's going to be center wings going. I could there, there could be three or four center wings going the first 30 players next year. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. yeah, I reckon everyone's going to be chasing that upside center winger that plays in good sides. Well, mate, um, the, the, this guy right here that you got at pick 56, he's probably a top 10 pick next year, isn't he, Brian Tyler? Yeah, he's not He's not going to lay you down. He's probably, apart, you know, Garrick's the number one center winger now, but before he got injured, you could captain Brian Tyler and he wouldn't let you down. When you got him at pick 56, I was very, very jealous. That was a sensational pick. And, uh, mate, could, could, dare I say, I think he was actually better than what you probably expected him to be as well. Oh, definitely. I, I knew he was going to play on that left-hand side, um, but I didn't know his base would just go through the roof. And, that pan, and you know, like we said at the start, we all had those doubts about Penrith um, and if they could back it up, and they did, and... He saw a lot of opportunity. And and like you said, where uh, being pick number one, it's actually quite um, beneficial for this because you've got three other picks before you and a lot of people take spine players. And so I probably get the first opportunity to take a center winger unless you want to really jump the gun early. And like you said, that'll probably change. But, you know, last year's philosophy, um, yeah, getting that center winger. And he was, the, he was my boy. I wanted him straight away. Yeah. 
Mate, speaking of spine players and speaking of your boy, you're obviously oh, a Canberra Raider diehard. Uh, <laughs> number five came along, Jackie White, and another one that I was a little bit sceptical on at the time, but I remember after we finished driving, we're having a few beers, I remember you saying to me, oh, you know, I enjoy. I, I have to watch them play anyway, so I might as well jump on the roller coaster. And I just thought, oh, no, thank you. No fucking yeah. thank you. Tell me about Jack. I, I knew going into the year, well, I thought going into the year, he'd give me 20 and 100 um, week after week. He'd go low, he'd go high. Um, obviously, I didn't expect Raiders to fall off a cliff as well as Jack Wyden to fall off a cliff. So um, I actually ended up dropping him from my final because um, he's going so busted and I just took an AE for him. Uh, but at the time, um, I knew he could go up and down and I probably will never draft him again unless I get, can get some good value for him. I think that's bullshit. <laughs> I think that's complete. And Starting the mind games already. You will be listening. back. Mate, to, to, to be honest with you, I mean, all things considered, like Canberra couldn't have played worse this year. I mean, the bloke is averaging 47. He's just under a 50 mark. I mean, it's it's not great. Don't get me wrong. But, geez, it could have been worse considering how poorly Canberra have gone. Yeah, it could have gone real worse. But, you know, with, with what we're seeing in the game, like you can get five eights off the waiver that are going pretty good. Like not in our comp, but, you know, you can get some some crazy um, scores from some random five eights. And Jackie, Jackie Wyden scores a try and gets 40s. So um, it's not horrible, but um, I'd rather just play a matchup in hindsight. Yeah, just having a look at his scores. I mean, he, he didn't ton up once this year. He got to 95 against Penrith, and that's it. That's pretty fucking yeah. grim. In that was, game, like, oof. I don't know if people remembered as much as me being a Raiders fan, but that was probably the last good game that Raiders played. Yeah, we've had glimpses of it since, but... Um, Man, that he scored 95 and he went out for him and the Raiders went out for him. Mate, let's move to your sixth pick. And this is pick 84. You had to wait for everyone to go around twice once again. Uh, Jamal Fogarty, you picked him at halfback. And i got to say, this is one that I was pretty keen on once again. Tell me about Fog. Uh, well, everyone saw the end of the Titans run last year and they're sort of doing it again this year. But um, he saved me a few games this year. He went, he went massive against the Roosters. He had a few disappointing games at the start of the year, but I really loved Fogarty. Um, shame he can't get back in that side. Um, but yeah, he 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 got injured, and but before then he'd pull you out of a tight end. If he he went ninety five against Raiders, one hundred and sixty against Roosters, so um, he ended up being. Um, I was excited to see the Titans run, but uh, yeah, he went better than I expected. I'm just having a look at his scores. There was one game against Canberra. I'm on Supercoach stats here. It says uh, 52 minutes for a duck egg. Oh, yeah, that's the one. So what a knock. Raiders, were, Raiders were decent then. Um, what was that rule? Apparently, we've been arguing this rule in our league that if you get a duck egg, do you get a, um, a bench a player? DNP. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think I, I, um, I got the bench player in that situation. But he got injured and he tried to play through it. And, yeah. He had, he had some shockers, but I still love Fogarty. I would go him again, for sure. Looks like my uh, Oztag stats just quietly. Absolute donuts. <laughs> he, pl- he plays like you, you at Oztag as well. Can't defend. Big old hero standing out on the <laughs> stick. Mate, now I'm going to really enjoy the next 10 minutes or so because this is where oh, God. the picks come that I, I, I was a little... And, you know, obviously we're getting late. Uh, people need to realize we are in a 14-man league, so it gets really deep, but... Mate, dare I say, from 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, they were all worse than your 14th pick. So we'll get to that in a second, which is an incredibly good knock. But let's go to number seven. And this is probably my favorite of all. I can't wait to hear you talk about this guy. I feel like I've got a text about this guy every fucking week. 
for the last 20 weeks. It is, of course, Sean Lane. Now, you mentioned the Parramatta headache. Uh, obviously, Isaiah Papali, he grows an extra leg at the start of the season, which makes the big old giraffe on the left edge more irrelevant than he ever has been. And Sean Lane goes to the bench. And it just seemed to be every week that you didn't pick him, Sean Lane was crossing for a meaty. It was unbelievable. I thought I couldn't hate Sean Lane more. Um, and I don't know how long, I, you know, you do your shorter podcast, but this one could go for ages. The amount of time I could talk about Sean Lane. Like you said, he, if I didn't pick him, he scored, he got 70 or 80. If I did pick him, he'd get 30s. It, it was ridiculous. And I couldn't, st- I can't stand watching him. Like, um, he's just a bit of a plotter. Um, and then he'll, but then he'll turn nothing, something, nothing into something. He'll just all of a sudden offload to a screaming guffo and get a try. And, uh, anyway, I kept him the whole way. I was, I was determined to trade him or drop him. I can't believe that. I thought I promised everyone I'd get rid of him and uh, <laughs> he's stuck there till the end. I couldn't believe it. It's like, like that in Parramatta, though. He just hangs around, right? He's a, he's a lingerer. Mate, Bloody lingerer. Sean Lane, the, obviously I had Nathan Brown all year, so I've been watching this Parramatta back row quite closely. And every time Sean Lane came off and Nathan Brown came off, I would be filthy. But I felt like every second time Sean Lane would score a try and it would just make me smile thinking about you fucking ripping and tearing your lounge apart watching this reserve who's just a pain in your fucking ass score a try. It was one of the few highlights of the season for me. Mate, off the back of Sean Lane, pick number eight, and this one sort of surprised me a little bit, um, Will Hopawade. I, I remember saying to you on draft, I'm like, geez, do you think he's going to play fullback? And you sort of said, oh, no, I think he'll be centre, but that, that'll be okay. Tell me, in, in hindsight, how do you look back on the Will Hopawade pick? Uh, I remember going into it thinking, looking at it, he's always been a great base player. Um, and, you know, we're, what are we, round 23? And I can't believe he hasn't played fullback. Like, they've got yeah. Nick Meany with ridiculous... I know he's yeah. probably turned a corner a little bit, but, man, what Hoppawati could offer when he was um, playing fullback was so much better than what uh, Corey Allen or um, Nick Meany. But I got a little bit rattled with this pick. Um, the guy before me um, picked Joey Manu. And he was going to be my pick. I was, he was going to be my little bit of a handcuff to Teddy. I thought, oh, I'll get him. And then when Teddy doesn't play, he'll be my fullback and it'll be all right. And then someone took Manu and I just looked at the center wingers and I had nothing. And he was the best I could come up with. Even, mate, as much as I had him this year and I absolutely love him, DWZ, even when he was playing fullback, I mean, doesn't really have the passing game that Will Hopawade does. And in saying that, when Hopawade goes into center, he just loses all ability to fucking pass a football. It's unbelievable. But when he does play fullback, he is a pretty goddamn handy footballer, isn't he? Well, is it like two years ago that he, he used to be killing at fullback? Yeah. Bulldogs attack would just be going through him. Their plan A, B, and C was park it, pass it to Hopawade, and he'd create something on the outside. So, um, And he has a sneaky offload. And he, like you said, at center, he doesn't seem to able to pass he just runs it um yeah it, yeah, it just turns to shit but um yeah I, i'm so surprised they haven't used him um but i guess he's leaving and they're trying to develop mate the, the guy that you picked next uh kenny bromwich now I, I don't know if i've ever felt just more evenly balanced about a pick i don't hate it i don't love it he's just that sort of a super coach player isn't he that's right um he, he could score a try and get you 50 and he could not score a try and get it. He seems just to get 50 no matter what or even go a little bit under. Uh, he never goes crazy. Um, I think his high score is an 80, 80. I don't have it in front of me, but... Um, 89 against St. George. 89, yeah. At that point, uh, you know, at this point I was thinking, oh, let's just get someone near near Cameron Munster. Um, and he, I think he's had one amazing year. Um, 
And having said that, if you know, if he was out there on my waiver wire and you know I saw him, I'd still I'd still reckon I'd draft. I'd pick him up, especially you know Melbourne playing Titans this week or anything like that. I I don't love him or hate him either, but there's just you just think. You know, the way the game's going, if they're going to score 40 points, there's a chance he's involved with something on the left-hand side. Um, it doesn't usually end up happening, but you just you just want that upside. I mean, mate, if you would have said to me at the start of the season, what's he going to average? I would have said probably somewhere between 49 and 51. Yeah, and what's he, he averaging? He, he hit 49 on the head. He's just... He is just yeah. that even Steven sort of footballer, realistically. Yeah. Um, and obviously... And even Confuci on the other side is probably yep. is very similar. Like, yep. yeah. It's interesting with... so. With how many points they score, that they they don't have like the the huge um, second rowers, they get heaps of points. And I, I think as well, people with this pick need to remember just how high everyone was on Munster at the start of the year. And I mean, I haven't got it in front of me, but I would assume he's averaging around the 75, 80 mark. And I feel like he hasn't got out of first gear yet, Munster. I agree that I was pretty high on Munster as well. I thought he'd go in the top five picks easily, and I thought it was going to be his his year, his team, um, and. I'd, Kenny will just get a bit of slice of that um, and uh, it sort of hasn't worked out that way and I don't know if Kenny will ever be more than a 49 average going forward. Mate, let's move to your next pick and this was uh, round 10. This was pick 140 and 140, 141, you went with two Broncos in a row. <laughs> uh, the first guy, I, I understood the upside uh, to him. Uh, he's obviously, you know, he hasn't played a heap of rugby league but he's been very impressive in his time and I mean, to start the season, he, he was pretty half-decent, Jordan Ricky, but then he sort of yeah. fell off the side of the earth. And then in the last few weeks, he has just exploded, and they are just using him constantly. I'm looking over his last five weeks. It's a 77 average. It is unreal. Like, yes, he scored three tries, but when you're getting that much fucking ball constantly, I mean, his base stats over the last few weeks, 48, 58, 55, 49, Tyson Gamble is just handing the ball off to him constantly. Yeah. Uh, well, t- tell me about the Jordan Ricky one, mate. Like, at what point did you realise you were sort of in a bit of Barney here? Maybe you should tell me about him. You used to have the two blokes outside of him. It so was a nightmare. you him very closely. Fuck, I wish uh, I still had them. Like a magnet. It oh. gets the ball. And I don't have Ricky at all. I came up against him. Um, I dropped him after he fell out of form. But going to this season, I, if you guys remember, there was a bit of hype about him. Um and at the time, I think we both looked back and thought, oh, this is probably the right time to get him. Um, it wasn't too late. It wasn't too early, especially a pick 140. Um, he played He played awesome the first um, few games. Then again, yeah, like you said, fell off a cliff. Um, I think he's one to look out for, especially um, next year. Um, I know they probably won't have someone that gives him much ball as they're currently doing at the moment. Um, but he's he does look really threatening in attack. Mate, the guy you picked up after him, another Bronco, and another guy that, uh, to be honest with you, I, I he did better than what I thought he would. I wasn't overly convinced he was going to be a forty-minute, uh, eighty-minute hooker. Uh, but Jake Turpin, I mean, it sort of varies between that sixty-point game and about that thirty-point game. You never really know where you're going to fall with him. But mate, he, he served you pretty well as a hooker. A late he hooker went alright. He's he's a bit like Kenny. You don't love it or you don't hate it. Um, he, I actually thought he'd run a little bit more. And uh, at this time, you know, Andy McCulloch had pissed off to Dragons. So um, I thought that role was his for 80 minutes and he was going to run and um, take a few more attacking opportunities. So um, he, he went all right. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I could be wrong here, but just thinking off the top of my head, I think this was around the mark or just after, you know, there was a big rush of hookers as well. 
Yeah, yeah. I usually leave hooker pretty late, so this is actually quite early for me. Yeah. Um, but at, at the time, I was looking at it going, oh, what, what's left? And I was like, oh, I, I need it. I'll try and get an 80-minute hook if I can. And then, yeah, just took him. I, w- I wasn't planning. I wasn't didn't have high hopes for him going into it. I just thought... You know, I'll grab him. There's a there's a few hookers that have gone before him, like Blake Blake Bailey. I think had just gone before him. Yeah, yeah. Mate, let's move to pick twelve, and now we're getting deep. Pick 168, <laughs> and this one, um, this was interesting. Now, in the preseason, obviously there was a lot of talk at the Manly Seagulls. Uh, Tom Trevojevic, he'd already had his race out on the uh, out the front of the pubs over at Manly. He, he'd done himself in. So there was a lot of rumours over who was going to play. Mate, mate, mate shower, shower, shower incident. Sh- shower incident, yeah, the old, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the old slippery 60-year-old, of course. Um, <laughs> Dylan Walker you went with here, and all the rumours in the preseason were there's going to be two guys playing fullback, either Walker, Morgan Harper. I went Harper. You went Walker. Um, Walker hasn't really done much since. Harper didn't do much until I dropped him, and now he's fucking branding it. So that one has completely fisted both of us. Tell me about Dylan Walker at pick 168. I uh, was thinking, yeah, like you said, a turbo, he'd fill in for turbo potentially, and then he'd move to center where he'd kill it. And uh, he'd he'd be outside uh, on left center where Brad Parker currently is, and he'd be getting fed off turbo. And if Manly did show a glimpse of anything, he'd be capitalizing. I think we all, a few of us mostly remember his, his time at center at South and he was killing it there. Yeah. And that's, I still think that's his best position, but um, he's been playing in the middle and he hasn't been doing a lot, but he, he goes all right, but he's a bit of a risky player at the moment. Mate, let's go to your next pick, pick 13. And this is oh, a guy God. that I reckon I look at three times a year on the waiver wire at least just to check to see if the stats have changed since last time. Yeah. I think he's got huge potential. He just, I don't know, he just doesn't get the minutes. When he does, he's a little bit disappointing anyway. But you, the eye test, he looks like he can fucking play. Francis Molo, tell me about this one. Molo, I don't know. Maybe it's like subconscious. So it's close to Lolo. So um, he's got to be good. Um, no, I think me and you, I, and I, it sucks talking to you about him because we both, I think, hype each other up about him. Like, he could be so good if he got the minutes and the, the game time. Um, you know, he played for State of Origin. So, uh, but he's just not getting the role there at Cowboys. He got dropped a few weeks ago. So um, I'll still have a crack at him, I reckon, next year at Dragons. Um, oh, he's moving, he's isn't a he? handy yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, he's a handy player. And hey, the Dragons have got forwards coming out of their years but um, if they get someone that can just use him for 40, 50 minutes um, properly and he's got to offload in him like you know, yeah. if they use him um, right he could be handy Okay, Sean Lane, Hopwade, Bromwich Ricky, Turpin, Walker, Molo then came yeah, your special hole. then came your yeah. absolute special pick 14 and you'll have to give us a bit of context here because I don't remember why he was this fucking low. Corey Hutterwera Nida, a sensational player, uh, turned out to be probably a pick of the draft, realistically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, between him and Brian Toe, um, I, I don't know if you... Yeah, you don't remember, but Hudson Young was earmarked for that that right spot. Um, it was his spot to lose, and he did lose it because Raiders were shit. Um, I just thought 14... Uh, yeah, it was great value by the time I picked him. He just sat on my bench. He wasn't even playing for the Raiders at that point. He had that drink driving issue. So, oh, that's he, right. Yeah, yeah. He 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 wasn't even getting that crappy score off the middle that he could yeah. potentially get. So, um, and then yeah, they they put him in there and he saved me a lot of games. He was a bit like my team was bang average, but he he was it was between okay if Teddy didn't do something, all right throw it to Corey Haranera and see if he can do something for my yeah. team. Um, and he's, he's gone off the radar again. Um, but 
yeah, he was he was unbelievable. Um, I still think like next year he might not be the first um, person for that edge spot, but you could do worse than drafting him. Yeah, you won't be getting him pick fourteen, but I still reckon there's going to be huge value there. Yeah, I reckon everyone will think that it's Hudson's spot to lose again. My uh, pick fifteen and uh, a guy, and what, what, once again we need to point out that these four-day man leagues they are very fucking deep, and when you get to these back end so spots, deep. it's hard to find good value. It's hard to find good players, let alone good fucking value. Mate, you went for Wade Egan at pick fifteen, which I remember on the day thinking, like, I'm, I'm not a huge Wade Egan fan, but I mean Nathan Brown was just singing from the treetops. This bloke was going to play eighty minutes, and I mean in this competition to get an eighty-minute hooker, regardless of where he fucking is. Uh, at pick 15, it's pretty good value there. Yeah. Um, at this play, you said, it's a bloody deep league and it's a long day. You've had about 14 beers by the time you got to this pick and you start seeing things that probably aren't there. But, you know, 80-minute hooker, I just thought, oh, what if? What if it yeah. could be anything? Um, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a hard watch, though, Egan. He... He's very fresh. I don't know if there's many Warriors fans out there, but he seems to his service seems to he seems to choose the wrong option a fair few times. But he can go himself and duck under, and that's great for Supercoach. But um, he's one I'll probably avoid. Um, he's not an exciting watch. Mate, let's go to pick sixteen, and uh, obviously at the Melbourne Storm, uh, there was rumours once again of Branko Lee being injured. Uh, there was a vacant right wing spot I had Remus Smith and it looked like he was going to play right wing then he was playing when did right you get somewhere. Remus um, pick eight or something uh, yeah nine. I don't know off the top of my head what pick I got him um, let me get it up it wasn't it wasn't that pick 11 145 pick 11. Yeah. yeah pick 11 so um, at that point I mean we weren't really sure who was going to play on that edge you took the punt on this guy he was one of the names being thrown up and um, I guess we'll We'll get to it soon, but you actually end up handcuffing him once again with George Jennings. You picked him up off the waiver wire in week one, or did, did you drop him for George? I dropped him for George. I, in the trial, he looked unbelievable. I mean, Melbourne can probably make him anyone look unbelievable, but I just thought, oh, he's a good chance of getting this spot. And then he didn't, and uh, George popped up, and somehow everyone thought it was going to be Branko and um, uh, what's his name, Remus, on that right-hand side. Yeah. And... Um, no one really wanted a bar of George, so I was lucky enough to waiver him. And yeah, but Dean Aramaya was going to be, I thought, was going to be a bit of a fly at that point. Like you said, it's a deep league. You just used to start picking and praying. Just thinking back in hindsight, obviously you had pick one. So week one of the waiver wide, you were pick 14. You did really yeah. want to get George, didn't Like as much as people thought other guys were coming back, I mean, a month yeah. of a Melbourne Storm winging, you could do much fucking worse. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I won't bore the listeners, but we've got this stupid offline system uh, for the first week because so you don't um, do a free agency and yeah. so the people, the super keynotes don't have an advantage. Um, and I did it all offline and I wrote out this bloody long list. George was my number one pick and I picked like 15 other blokes after him <laughs> and I couldn't believe it when I got George. I was very surprised it got to me, but yeah, he's done heaps well. Yeah, I'm kind of scared to think back to who I got in week one because I'm sure they didn't turn out... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
as well as fucking George Jennings did. That was an unreal little pick. Yeah, uh, who did you get? I, I'm trying to think. I, I made That's so a long time ago. Waivers yeah. this year, no idea. Mate, let's go to pick 14 and a guy you've been very keen on for a long time. I'm starting to think you might have shares in this fucking bloke from the Newcastle Knights, <laughs> Stafford Tower. I love Stafford. Um, oh, I gathered. He's... <laughs> uh, I got him the year before as well and you know if he if he gets a spot in that Newcastle team I, I think I'd be the first to pick him up yeah. I just think he's got so much potential I mean he's a little bit raw and he makes a few dumb decisions but um, when you see him in open space and when he finishes he, he, he can be up there with one of the better wingers in the in the comp and you know I'll probably get him again next year and just get excited about um, him playing outside of Ponga and, I mean, it was another one of these situations where you had Edric Lee, who was injured from memory at the start of the season. So there was a bit of mystery surrounding yeah, who was going to be on that left edge. Edric Lee's sort of dead to me. Um, you sort of – 2016, Raiders, prelim final. I haven't thought about that bloke since. So I always think that someone's going to jump ahead of him. So, oh, uh, I mean, mate, like, there was every opportunity nah. that, that he could have. Like, that spot was open for someone to grab. I mean, at pick 17, I, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you're starting, yeah, like you said, you're just picking and praying and um, you just go after some people that you think, why not? Now, before we dive into uh, one more of your really good waiver picks, I want to ask you... Wait, who, wait, wait, wait. Who'd you pick at pick 17? I just want to no, fuck compare off. our picks. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> Matty Burton, I think. Matt Burton, yeah. He goes decision. all right. Did you yeah, get him? he goes Did handy. He goes very yeah. handy. Uh, no, yeah. I handed him to the bloke that beat me last week with him. Yeah, that's Cross right. Yeah. Finals. yeah, he'll probably beat me in a grand final in three. Will you get Matty Berman? Was he scorned you? Uh, no, Did no. Did you ever I, get him again? Uh, yeah. Probably not at Canterbury. Actually, fuck it. Yeah. I, I go for every Canterbury half. Yeah, I probably would. Let's be honest here. You're yeah, good um, like that. Yeah. yeah, very good. Consistency's key. Um, <laughs> now, before we move out of your uh, your uh, picks on draft day, tell me. Was there one guy that you were super, super keen on all preseason that you didn't get and it was hard to watch him all year? God, that's searching the... Is there one that stands memory. out? And I was kind of hoping this was going to be an instant response, that there was one guy that potentially really stung. And it you can't know, be Tom Travoy. I've just, I've just got over a, a crippling loss where I'm out of the league, so it's sort of hard to think anything past last week. But let me think. Let me have a quick... Now, there's no one really I thought... Oh, I mean, Joey Manu, like I said, rattled me a little bit because I thought I was going to get him. Yeah. Um, there's no one really that I can think of that jumps out. Maybe, you know, maybe Talakai, I thought, could have could have gone all right. No, I'm joking. I'm just cheating you up. Yeah, well, you had to get um, in pretty fucking early for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I to set that oh, alarm to 3.59 instead of 4 a.m. Looking back at these recaps, I know it's easy in hindsight, but God, it's just like, it's painful to look at your team and then you look at other teams and you think, how the hell did he get him there? And... Yeah, you got Talakai round eight. Yep, plenty big upside play there. Nah, there's no one that I I really thought. Oh, oh, Luai probably close. I wouldn't have taken him um, probably as early as he went. And yeah, maybe. But I just I did, and he's fallen off a cliff now as well. But I did think, oh, he's killing me watching him over Jack Wyden. So, mate, if we move to your waiver wire picks, George Jennings in week one, he, he, he was one of your bigger ones. For me, your other big one was Matty Lodge. You got him mid-season. Uh, obviously, since arriving at the Warriors, I mean, he had that one game where he played the 80 minutes. That was unreal. And he's been great outside of that, but he just hasn't been on the field enough. Yeah, he's he loves a suspension. Between him and Radley, I think they tag team who's off the field. But um, even when he was at uh, the Broncos, it was him and Harsh show, and he... He's got that offload. He seems to do that first contact, spin, turn, and 
and offloading. He's doing it at the Broncos. And like I said, he was he was better than my number three pick, Junior Paulo. Um, and yeah, he, he the guy that dropped him, and I hope he's not listening, but he he, he hoarded a lot of lot of players. And um, this is probably one of the ones he probably should have kept. Yeah. Um, but you know, he hoarded the Andrew Fafitas and uh, the Branco Lees of the world. And um, I think he was so scared of uh, missing out on a few points. And um, I hope it doesn't rally him for next year because um, this one came back to bite him when I when I picked him up. Mate, the walking fucking wounded. It was like a zombie team. <laughs> That's right. That's God. right. It was like a hospital bed in there when you I'm, opened it up. I'm amazed that, like, he's good on him. He's done well to keep playing because I would have gave up hope and, like, I would have put a team together. God, it was hard to get excited about draft when your team's full of the hospital ward. Mate, uh, the last guy I'm going to ask you about in the waiver wire, and it's one that I obviously enjoyed, and I, I know at the time it hurt, uh, Reese Walsh, when he popped up. Uh, he oh. obviously came onto the waiver wire. This uh, is bloody bullshit. Yeah, this was great. I fucking love this. This is what kept me relevant. Yeah. Uh, he came up on the waiver wire, occasionally got well, guys that get dropped on a Sunday, essentially. They they become available on, what, a Tuesday morning instead of a Wednesday morning. And you've got to yeah. be up and paying attention on a Monday night to be able to get yeah. these guys. And I Reece think it Walsh, depends on... Yeah. It depends on your settings. So um, I think most leagues have this, but it's like a two-day waiver system. And if you drop him on Monday, for some reason, sorry, a Sunday, the team, the system just like shits itself and doesn't remember that a round's been played and opens up for those people that you dropped on Sunday um, can Tuesday morning. And I completely missed, like such a rookie error, I completely missed. And you can't find them. Like you can't easily find those people that are going to come off waiver on Takes Tuesday. Takes a bit of effort, yep. You gotta, you've gotta like, you gotta shift through the sands. Um, you gotta be on your A, a game. And when I woke up or, or Tuesday or whatever it was, and I looked at the league or whenever I looked at it, and I saw that you got Walsh. I couldn't believe that it, um, you got him and he'd come off the wave early. Like, you know, I had Teddy, but like the potential Walsh could have. I was just thinking he's going to be, he's just going to sit my bench. I'm going to use him every week as an AE. And yeah, I was so livid that you got him. Oh man, that morning I woke up, my erection hit me in the fucking forehead. I was so <laughs> excited. It was not even funny. It was the thing that probably kept my season alive. Obviously, for you, even if you would have got him, you do have James Tedesco, so it would have been a bit of an AE balance, but fuck, it would have come in handy. Well, actually, it wouldn't have come in handy come finals times because you played Tom Travojevic anyway, but I'm sure <laughs> at some point over the last few weeks, Reese Walsh would have come oh, yeah. in handy. And, you know, there's a chance Teddy gets rested in the future, and he played Origin, and uh, Walsh, he played round 17, I'm pretty sure. Um, you yeah. can tell me if not. Yeah, I think um, Yeah, so... Uh, you know, you can't, even if you got someone in that position, I think years ago, you would, you were going to do the same with Ponga. You're going to take him and you picked up, can't remember your fullback. You had Teddy as well. And you were going yeah. to get Ponga when he first came on the scene. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, you can, it's worth just taking AE when you got someone that good. Um, Especially yeah. nowadays. I, I think yeah. it's more relevant than it ever has been. How many Warriors jerseys have you ordered since you picked him up? I've got my fair share. Uh, for those, I'll do my uh, my preview of my Supercoach draft game this weekend, but I am carrying a fair whack of fucking Warriors. I am the mad butcher now. I've got about four or five of them this week. So, um, yeah. So, if I get a bit... Tell me, your, 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 your missus tells me that you've uh, you got the picnic rug out. You got the, you're trying to learn the haka. The old teddy bear picnic rug. What a jersey. <laughs> One of the all-time greats. Mate, uh, thank you for joining us on the Rugby League Guru podcast. Thoroughly appreciate it. I know it's been a grim couple of days going through uh, the withdrawals of Supercoach for season 2021. Uh, onwards to next year. What is the one lesson that you've learned from this year? 
don't take front rows in the first eight rounds. Put it on repeat. You know, I thought I learned it. Can't wait to hear it next get... year as well. Looking yeah, forward yeah. to it. <laughs> That's right. We're going to have to get like a mantra going or something like that. Oh. I'll probably shit the bed and just take him anyway. But yeah, you got to go upside next year. Um, there's every chance they change the rules, but like, God, you got to go upside. Upside. Fuck, I hope they do change the rules, but I think as you said a few times... What do you reckon? Like, you mean Supercoach rules or the NRL rules? Nah, Supercoach rules. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm fine with the yeah. NRL rules. It's Supercoach rules. Uh, even you got to make them relevant, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I think, I think it's going to be interesting how they go about it. I, You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about adding in, you know, post-contact meters or like, um, you know, 1.5 for tackles to make forwards more relevant. I really don't want to get into the decimal point system, to be you honest can't, with you. Yeah, it's, it's going to, like, people complain much about the grey yeah. area as well, yeah, so you can't make it so much grey. But you need something because is there anyone that you'd captain that's a forward? Like, is a forward even relevant? Like, uh, outside of Fafita, no. David and even now, he's coming yeah. off the bench. Like, I don't know if I could trust him if I... Yeah, I mean, even if he is starting, I, I still can't trust him realistically. Yeah. Yeah, um, compared to these like other a, guys, it's amazing that you could take like a Jason Saab or something like that. You'd think, oh, I'll take that manly guy outside Tom Tom Trevojevic over any of your forwards. Oh mate, like if you just look on the surface before this season and you said, oh, I'm going to captain Jason Saab, you'd be like, fuck, there's like a fifty percent chance he scores seven. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. What? Why? Why yeah. are you doing that? Are you throwing? Like, yeah. it's yeah, it's wild. Oh, I think they need to change something. Whether it's you know, bringing tries down a couple of points, try assists down a couple of points. I'm not sure, but um, but yeah. something will change. Like you know, either it's rules or there's players. That's the best thing about draft. You know, there's always going to be chopping and changing. Like we said at the start, Teddy was the number one pick. It was a lay down was there. Everyone thought, oh god, he's going to ruin draft. But yeah. something's going to change. I mean, you can't see it now with Turbo in his unbelievable form, but someone else will pop up. And well, mate, for all we know, it could be James Tedesco next year with a full side. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Love draft, even though it hurts at the moment. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to sit back, um, sit my whiskey and hope that Tommy Turbo doesn't go ape shit. Well, Twitter Tom and Tommy Turbo, hopefully they both shit the bed, mate. <laughs> Thanks for joining us once again, mate. Uh, we look forward to having you. We'll probably have you on in the preseason to talk a bit more draft and uh, get stuck into season 2022. Good to speak to you, mate. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 